Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. Well, good morning, good morning. Fusion Church, 6 a.m. soap. Good to be here with you guys. Um, this morning we are in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. Um, so we have a lot of big, big things happening coming up within the next week uh that we have the helicopter egg drop at both locations so my brothers and sisters get the word out continue to share on your social media um invite your friends invite your families invite those people you don't like we all have that list of people we don't like invite them get that invite their kids get them out there um both locations but more so for cumberland county between us you know but um, let's get it out because we're always trying to reach the community. We're always trying to have these events to reach our community. So 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 get that and make that happen. And and friends and family on Sunday, and it's going to be a, a, a friends and family is always an amazing time at our at, at Fusion Church. Uh, we're having baptisms this weekend, so it's going to be a busy busy weekend. But you know what? If we go through all of this right and we reach one person, then it's been all worth it, right? It's all the work. Because the word says that the that the, the angels are celebrating for just the one. So um, if we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to reach just one through through a helicopter, some eggs, and you know some some grilled hot dogs, then come on, let's do it. Let's make it happen. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get right into it. First Corinthians eleven twenty three through twenty six. Father, we love you, and we just thank you for. For, for this time, Lord, that we get to spend in, in fellowship and in your word, Lord God. What better way that um, to start than to start our day with, with hearing from you, Lord God. So we pray that you would be with us during this brief time. Pray for everyone on this call that you would just speak to us, open up our minds, open up our hearts, speak to those who are listening to this later on on the podcast or, or on the blog, Father, Lord. Just continue to reveal truths from your word so we can get closer to you, a better understanding of you, and closer to, to being the being the children that you have designed us to be. So, Father, we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. So, 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 through 26, and I am reading from the New King James Version. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And then I just want to read the next couple of verses. Um, it's not in our in our reading, but I think it's, it's really important. Verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 
But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Stretch. Let's get your Bustelo in. So every single month we do communion, right? We partake in the Lord's Supper and and myself, one of the other pastors, whoever it is who's actually um, performing communion on stage will we'll read from either from the book of Matthew, we'll read from this passage of scripture um, describing the Lord's Supper. Um, we just did the Lord's Supper this past Sunday. Um, so it should be very fresh in our minds of, of, of this. Uh, verse 23, Paul begins, um, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Okay, so Paul didn't just make this up. He received it from the Lord. Okay, it came to him from the Lord, either personally, you know, through through uh, divine, you know, inspiration, or, or or through the other apostles. Some some people think that Paul received this um, through divine revelation from the Lord. Others think that he received it after he read um, Luke's gospel. Um, describing this because you know uh, what he what what Paul writes is is um direct quotes from Luke's gospel other things that others think that he received it from one of the other apostles um doesn't matter where he got it from you know which you know the bottom line is that, that he received it from the Lord okay whether whether um he was speaking with the other disciples and, and, and they shared whatever, whatever, regardless, he's receiving it from the Lord. Okay. Sometimes we can receive a word from the Lord just by speaking with other believers. Okay. And so you, you could be in a conversation with another believer and they say something and they don't have no idea what they said to you. Right. But for you, the Lord was speaking to you. So Paul received this, Right. And it says on that same night in which he was betrayed, Paul, okay, he's remembering the events of the night of Jesus' crucifixion. Because, um, you know, he, he heard the stories, right? And there is some belief that Paul, being a Pharisee, may have been present during the, the trial of Jesus. Okay, that's not that's not backed up. There's there's just some some theologians who believe that Paul may have been present during all all of this because he was he was a young Pharisee at the time, right? But Paul is also he's also recalling that Jesus was not only executed by a foreign power. Okay, it wasn't just the Romans, you know, that that executed him. He was betrayed by one of his own. Right, he was betrayed by Judas and given into the hands of the religious leaders. Right, and we can even take it further that the rest of the disciples also betrayed Jesus by abandoning him. They left him. You know, the Word of God writes about you know how Paul said, you know, I will be with you when I will all this stuff. Right, and I would I would have a hard time believing that uh, that Peter was the only one who who was just like, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, Jesus, you know, we're going to go with you. We're going to do, you know, we would never forsake you. We would never, you know what I'm saying? And and so he was betrayed by all 12, you know? 
And it says in verse 24, after he had given thanks and in theology and, and in church custom, the, the Lord's Supper is often called the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is the it's a it comes from the ancient Greek word for give thanks, right? And so in, in, in conducting a communion service, Paul's putting the emphasis on remembering Jesus, on, on what he said about the meaning of his own death for us. So remember that the 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 last supper um was this was actually a Passover meal. <coughs> Excuse me. So Jesus, together with his disciples, according to all the biblical commands and, and Jewish traditions, they were celebrating the remembrance of Israel's deliverance from Egypt um, to the promised land, which was which began in the, in the book of Exodus. The breaking of bread and the drinking of wine were, were important parts of this Passover celebration that the, that the Jewish people did every single year. And so Jesus took... These are these important pictures and, and reminders of Israel's deliverance from Egypt. And he added to their meanings and he connected them with his own death on the cross that was about to take place. He says, this is my body. And, and, and in taking the bread, we're, we're, we're called to remember Jesus, that his body was broken for you. The Passover meal featured unleavened bread and what's important about this is that unleavened bread is made without yeast right because yeast is a picture of sin yeast is a picture of corruption in the bible and because in bread yeast needs time to work right when the children of israel were leaving egypt in their haste to leave egypt they had no time to let their bread rise they had no time to use yeast and so unleavened bread used at passover meal um it was so important but here's some more significance about this this unleavened bread in the in, in the, the 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 baking process of unleavened bread the bread will receive scorch marks from being cooked and these scorch marks look like stripes along the bread. And holes would form from baking. They look like pierce marks. In the same way, Jesus' body had stripes ripped into his back. He was pierced for us. Jesus' body was broken for us. So there's a picture of taking the bread and ripping it, right? He would rip it and, and, and hand it just like his body was ripped open. His body was pierced. His body was, the stripes were placed upon, were on, on his skin when he was whipped by, uh, with, with the cat and nine tails. He was whipped and his, his flesh was shredded just as he was ripping apart the bread. Jesus was without sin, just like this bread had no yeast, it had no leaven, it had no sin, no corruption. So when we when we take communion, yes, we 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 use the the easy little cups, you know, and it's it's rare that we have the opportunity to take to take communion and you know and in the, the the actual traditional way. But remember, brothers and sisters, when we're taking communion. 
It's not just something we do once a month. It's not just something where you look on the calendar. It's like, oh, today's communion. Oh, let me just let me just pop in a wafer and you know slurp down some some juice. No, we are remembering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Why do we take it so lightly? Why do why why do we we, we act like it's not a big deal? And you should not need the church, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to place this emphasis on this every single month. Because you, brothers and sisters, each and every one of you needs to examine yourself prior to taking communion. You need to look to yourself, check your heart, right? And don't just take it lightly. This is, this is, this is you know, this is something that has been, has, has been downplayed a lot by, by the church. We need the capital C church. We need to put an emphasis on how important this is. Jesus' body was broken for us and his body bore stripes and, it, and his body was pierced just as the bread appeared to be when it was pulled from the oven, pierced and striped. It says broken for you. This refers to both Jesus's role as savior, as well as his role as the one who bore our pain, who bore our sickness. His body was broken, brothers and sisters. We see movies and plays and, 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 and even those, even as graphic as, you know, let, let's say the passion, you know, of the Christ. We watch that movie and we see how his body looked. That's that's honestly only a, a, a fraction of of what he what his body looked like when you, when when you look at the actual um, acts of of Roman uh, crucifixion and what they did, his body was truly broken. And he said, "Do this in remembrance of me." This is this is a summons to to keep the purpose and victory of 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 Jesus' cross and focus. It's not, uh, um, it's not, it's not, when he says, do some remembrance, this isn't, um, it doesn't say you need to reenact or, or, you know, morbidly reenact Calvary, you know, and, you know, we, we I'm sure you guys have seen on different videos, social media videos of, of there, there are some, some religious, you know, sects of, of quote unquote Christianity where, you know, they'll actually go through the pain. They'll flog themselves. They'll beat themselves and all this stuff to reenact. It's like, Jesus didn't say this. He didn't tell us to to reenact and put ourselves through pain because he did it for us. He did it for us so we would never have to. But no, he says, do this in remembrance of me so we, we can celebrate, sensitively celebrate, but celebrate Christ's triumph on the cross. Then he talks about the cup. This is in verse 25. This cup is the new covenant in my blood and receiving the cup. We're called to remember the blood of Jesus and, and, and the new covenant that he was, he was uh, initiating in this moment. Now the traditional Passover meal had several cups of wine and, and each had a different meaning, a different title. Um, the cup that Jesus was at, at this point in the Passover meal was, was called, was known as the, the cup of redemption. And so Jesus added to the idea of redemption from slavery in Egypt. He added to it the idea that his blood confirmed a new covenant that changed our relationship with God. 
so what what kind of a what kind of regular man had the could, could have the audacity to institute a new covenant between God and man because every covenant in the bible God instituted God implemented God said if you do this I will do this I am the Lord your God and he implemented covenants Jesus was not a mere man Jesus was God in the flesh so he was able Jesus indeed had the audacity to implement a new covenant between us and the father he sealed it with blood even just as the old covenant was sealed with blood. Exodus 24, verse 8 says, And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you, according to all these words. So what's the new covenant about? Right? We, we, we hear about, you know, new covenant, new covenant. What's this about? It's about, it's about an inner transformation. An inner transformation that cleanses us from all of our sin. Jeremiah 31, verse 34 says, For I will... Forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. The new covenant um, is about God's word and about God's will in us. Jeremiah 31 verse 33 says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And finally, it's about a new close relationship with God. Jeremiah 31 uh, 33 goes on to say, I will be their God and they shall be my people. See, because what because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can have a new covenant relationship with Jesus. But but many Christians, many of us, we 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 live our lives as if there was no inner transformation, as if what God did for us didn't change us at all. You know, many Christians they they live as if there was no cleansing from sin. They live as, as if there is no word and will of God in their hearts. They live as, as if there is no new and close relationship with God. How many people proclaim to be Christians, but you see their life and that proclamation is, is, is really in question, right? How many Christians, quote unquote Christians, are out there living their life however they want to? They're endorsing whatever garbage is out there. Anything that happens, you know, in society, you know, they're on they're on the the, the the complete wrong side of it. Yet they proclaim they're they're Christians. I'm gonna take it even a step further. And if I offend somebody, I'm sorry, but I'm Pastor Jason. And if you guys know anything about me, I'm gonna tell you like it is. There are people that who stand in the pulpit, they stand behind on stage preaching the word of God. Yet through their actions and through their sermons, they are endorsing the nonsense that's out there on the world. And, they, and, and, and they're going to use the word of God in such a wrong way, in such a negative way, right? Because they don't want to offend anybody. I'm sorry. I don't think um, when Jesus walked into the temple and he was flipping tables and he was whipping Pharisees, he was too worried about offending somebody no he saw that sin was happening sin was happening in the church and then he went and said no my father's house will be a house of prayer the capital c church has has severely strayed away from being a house of prayer 
and and, and the capital C church has allowed so much garbage to, t- to, to, to infiltrate so that the word of God truly is not being preached. Why? In an effort, in an effort to not offend anybody. If the word of God is offending you, then maybe call me crazy. There's something in your heart that needs to be worked on. If you're reading the word of God, if you're listening to a sermon and you're being and you're you're offended, maybe instead of being offended, we 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 we, we take a step back and we examine and what is going on in my heart. Because the gospel is, tr- is, is the truth. Amen. The gospel is truth. As he, Jesus says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And so if you're reading this and you're, you're offended by it, then good, good. Do something about it. Change your heart. What is going on in your life that you need to fix, right? Because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of people who want to leave the church because something was said that offended them. And when you talk to them, well, you know, Pastor Brandon said this, or Pastor Danielle said this, or Pastor Jose said this, and blah, 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 blah. But was it a lie? Did it line up with the word of God? So then why are you leaving the church to go find another church that's just going to placate to your feelings? All right, let me get off. Come on. Doug, you're about to get me worked up, man. Come on. We need to preach the word of God. This is truth. How, how, How dare we enter the house of God, right, and play church and put up the appearance of being a Christ follower, follower, and then walk out the door and act like the world. How dare we? How dare we come and take communion and, and we acknowledge and, we, and we, we celebrate what God did for us and then walk out the door and act as if our life has never been changed? How dare we? Whew. Verse 26, why? Why is, this, why is this so important? Because we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So, so, so while, while the Lord's Supper does look back to what Jesus did on the cross, it also looks forward to, to the coming of Jesus when he's going to come back. It looks, it looks forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelation 19 verse 9 says, Then he said to me, write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Pastor Tim, this past week, he just talked about the virgins and the marriage. Right, there's so much, and marriage is a covenant, and so we got to look forward to this time. In Matthew 26, verse 29, Jesus spoke uh, of his longing expectation for the day when he would take communion with his people in heaven, which is the the ultimate Lord's Supper. And it says, "But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom." See, the, 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 the precise nature of the bread and the cup in communion has been a source of, of great theological controversy, right? So many theologians over so many hundreds of years have debated back and forth. What does this mean? 
see the the Roman Catholic Church holds holds the idea of uh, transubstantiation. Okay, big word, right? But big word that, but it's a teaching that that the bread and the wine actually become the body and the blood of Jesus. I think that's nasty, but whatever. They can believe what they want to believe. Martin Luther and the Lutherans they they hold up the idea of consubstantiation, which is the teaching that the the bread remains bread and 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 the the wine remains wine, but by faith they're the same as Jesus' actual body. So so Luther didn't believe in the Roman Catholic view, but he also didn't didn't stray too far from it. Now um, I'm just going to go into a little bit of, of, of uh, church history. John Calvin taught that Jesus' presence in the bread and wine was was real, but also, but it was only spiritual, not not physical. And this other um, church leader, um, his last name was uh, Zwingli. He's from Switzerland. Taught that the bread and the wine are are mere symbols that represent the the body and blood of Jesus. And and John Calvin and this guy, they they had a debate. And, and, and it caused huge contention at the time. See, Calvin um, insisted on some kind of physical presence because Jesus said, this is my body, right? He insisted over and over again. You know, they, they, they say that um, when they were debating at the table that he was sitting at, he, you know, he, he, he wrote, this is my body in Latin over and over again, right? But, but Zwingli the, the 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 Swiss guy he he replied, but Jesus also said that I am divine. He also said I am the door, and we understand what he was saying there. You know, so why are we insisting, you know, on 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 this as being being so literal? And and Calvin replied, I don't know, but I would do anything Christ told me to do, knowing it was good for me. See, he he was so strong on this because he saw it as an issue of believing Christ's words, and he thought everyone else was compromising, right? So many beliefs and so many, you know, different interpretations, but all has really done is cause contention in the church. He, uh, so, so, so scripturally, we can understand that the, the bread and the wine are not just symbols there, but they are also powerful pictures to partake of and to enter into as we see the Lord's Supper as the new Passover, right? Don't, don't get so wrapped up in this is my body. Well, then this is actually the body. No, it's 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 bread. It's a wafer. But what meaning does it hold? What's the what does it symbolize? And the the word proclaim, you know, it, it says proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is a very very important word, right? Because because proclaim is the same word that's translated as preach in other places in the Bible. So let's flip it. You preach the Lord's death until he comes. So, so when, 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 when we take communion, brothers and sisters, we are preaching to God himself. We're preaching. But we're also preaching to the devil and all his minions. We're preaching to the world about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a public proclamation of this. So as as you take the bread, as you take the juice, and you bow your heart before God, what kind of sermon are you preaching? What kind of sermon are you preaching? After we break the bread, we're at the Lord's table, and we're proclaiming 
his death? What kind of message, what kind of sermon are you preaching with your life? Because if, you know, because, you know, we go out and, and oftentimes we, we, we partake in, in communion. So we're, we're proclaiming the Lord's death. And then we go out and do exactly what Jesus' disciples did through our actions. And we deny him through what we do. We go back to living our lives as if, as if God is not Lord of our life. We act, act, act like Jesus never saved us. Like our lives have never been changed. A covenant is between two parties and Jesus has always kept his side of the covenant. God has always kept his side of, of the covenant, the old covenant, the new covenant. He's always kept his side. It's been us who has broken it time and time again. The Lord has kept his covenant with you. Are you keeping your side of the covenant? Are you keeping your side? So as I close, Please don't ever take communion lightly. Don't like, don't act like it's, it's something we just do once a month because it's because it, it's on the schedule at the church. Next time we do communion, really take the time to check your heart. Don't take it lightly because you are proclaiming the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This act of our, of our Savior is the linchpin of our faith. It's so important to our faith. Why would we ever act like it's not a big deal? Why would we ever act like, like God has not made a crazy transformation in our lives? Because I know he's made a crazy transformation in my life. Pop will tell you. Whew, whew. Listen, Pop will tell you. I, Pastor Jason wasn't always Pastor Jason, okay? And I didn't always have this P in front of my name. But the Lord made a crazy transformation in my life. And if he made a crazy transformation in my life, who do I think I am if I don't take what he did for me seriously? Who do we think we are if we do not take communion, the Lord's Supper, remembering the covenant, remembering his sacrifice, remembering his death, burial, and resurrection, we don't take it seriously. Who do we think we are? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, that we never take this, this, this act of communion as if it's just something that we're supposed to do, that we don't take it as just, just some other random uh, religious exercise that's just a requirement father but that we would we would look at it as as what it is father it was, it's you fulfilling your end of the covenant for us father how your body was broken your flesh was ripped your your body was pierced lord god your blood was shed jesus and it was done so that we would not have to, so that we would not have to, to, to bear the punishment for our sin, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for what you did on Calvary. Especially now as we are entering the, the Easter season, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you did. Because if it wasn't for you, Lord God, who knows where we would be right now? Who knows how much, how, how much sin we would have? 
on our lives right now if it wasn't for you and your faithfulness and you saving us. So thank you, Lord. I pray for each of my brothers and sisters on this call, Lord God, that you would just continue to speak to them. I pray, Father, that that the next time and every time we take communion from here on out, that prior to taking of the wafer and taking of the juice, Lord God, that they'll take a moment to reflect, Lord God. They'll take a moment to, to, to say that silent prayer to you, Lord. Asking for forgiveness. Thanking you for your sacrifice, Lord. I pray that it would never just be another act, Lord God, that it'd be something that, that, is, that is truly something special to us. Father, we praise you for what you're doing, and we just thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, love y'all. I'll see some of y'all this weekend. Egg drop. Make sure you guys are pushing it. You guys are advertising. You're putting it on social media. Get everyone to sign up for Cumberland County because it's the most important county. I'm playing. I'm playing. But get people to come out. Friends and family is always huge. Come on. We all have those crazy people in our lives that need Jesus. Okay. And if you don't have anybody crazy in your life, you're probably the crazy one. So you need Jesus even more. Okay. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. I'll see you again next week. God bless.